me, the process of writing a novel was one of despair, <laughs> both times. <laughs> um, when I finished a draft of my first novel, like normal people, I had a 600-page mess with no discernible plot and no idea how to revise it. I sat down, looked at the chapters, trying to find some logic in the mess and some sort of line. I didn't know how to start. I wanted it done now, and I had no idea what to do next. But I knew I understood how to write short stories. Often writers start with this form to learn about a narrative arc, but don't know how to apply it once they get to a novel. That was my situation. I understood a story about a moment in which a character changes, but I didn't really understand how to write a novel. Um, so I was actually Googling, what is the difference between a short story and a novel? Which you get a lot of interesting uh, little related searches, like difference between a novel and a book, which I thought was sort of touching. Um, uh, <laughs> um, but basically, I found one interesting description by writer Gary Hollingshead, who said, the primary difference between the short story and the novel is not word length. A novel is not a short story that kept going, though every short story writer dreams of writing such a story. Neither is a novel a string of stories with discursive and other connective tissue and padding. One of the first things a writer learns is how amazing little room there is in a good novel for extraneousness or noise. The primary difference between the short story and the novel is not length, but the larger, more conceptual weight of meaning that the longer narrative must carry on its back from page to page, scene to scene. A scene in a short story, and there may be only one, operates with a centripetal force of concentration. The scene in a novel spins off a good deal of its energy looking not only backward and forward in the text, but also sideways, outside the text, toward the material world, to that set of common assumptions considered ordinary life. The en that energy is centrifugal, op opening out, not constantly seeking to revolve upon its own still center. Um, I thought that was interesting. And my own sort of theory on it is I call the octopus theory of writing a story, which is that a story, or a novel too, is kind of floating through space, and you throw a tentacle toward the future, a tentacle toward the past, that you, that you can achieve dimension in a story or a novel through these little moments. Um, so how do you find a story in your novel? Um, I found my story, Eternal Love, in Like Normal People, my novel, as I looked for a part of my book that I most enjoyed writing that was centered around one event. I didn't know it was part of an event at first. I had two sections of different parts of the book that I read and realized could be related. So I have, you guys should all have this story. Um, so, um, Shape them. 
I didn't know exactly what was at stake. Um, it also was where I started the book. And I think often where you start a book, which is not necessarily the beginning and often not the beginning, um, both my books I've started in the middle, um, is a good place to look for an excerpt because it's where it, you actually decide that you were kind of in love with the book, that you were interested in the book. So that could be a place to look for an excerpt because there's a lot of energy is in it. So then I found some scenes in the novel that describe Lane and Bob getting married in Las Vegas and Ella being afraid of Lane sharing her with Bob. This seemed to me to be the event that could organize the whole story. It was one important incident that actually changed all of them. So that's kind of the beginning Um, so that starts on page 116. I thought the scenes of Lane and Bob dating could then work as backstory. As backstory. I could start with the family in Las Vegas and Ella's conversation with Lena telling her about sex. This would create an immediate conflict for the reader. The stakes would be high. And it would create a single incident the story could revolve around. Would Lena share a room with her husband? Um, one thing I also talk to my students about stories and, and novels too is what is the main question that drives the story for the novel? Um, what is the one story that will be answered in terms of the plot? And I feel like plot was always a very scary thing for me. And my my first draft was a lot of pages because I just thought a plot was pages. You know that that you just you know it had enough pages and you'd have some sort of action. But actually, it has to be action driven by character and desire and obstacles. So when you now I think of it as what is the question that the that the novel will answer or the story. So I wrote the opening scene where I sort of put it at the beginning of the story and the bachelor and Lena then dating fit in because it explained gave us um, history. I could show them getting to know each other, Ella's controlling nature and the way she spied on them when they went to the house of candies. I also thought that something was missing in the story itself. What about Bob's cast? How could I introduce information about him while not losing the main momentum of the story? Um, so, you know, the story has to be very concise. So on page 123, um, it says, um, Dolores told her that Bob looked at the ensigns. Um, Ella calls Bob's brother and asks him about Bob. This is intended to be kind of an octopus moment in the story, briefly reaching outside of the story to give it a life um, beyond the, the, the incident. So in a novel, this might be a longer section, but the story is intended to just to inform the present time action and deepen the character of Bob. Um, I also felt I needed to add more of Ella's relationship with Luke, because that was kind of a parallel track in the story. So I added a scene on page 124. <coughs> 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 
which Lou wants more attention from her and she feels unable to give it. Then a parallel conflict in the story with Ella able to reunite with her husband. So you have the track of Ella trying to protect Lena, and then you have another track of Ella reuniting with Lou. So it's kind of two things that we'll twine together in this story. Um, finally, in conclusion for the story, a resolution, and the final two paragraphs are for that purpose. So I, those were all new that I wrote just specifically for the story. Um, because it just kind of ended if I just took my sections from the novel. So, um, on 132, um, I had Ella reunite with, reunite with Lou, completing that narrative arc, and then Ella trying to connect to Lena as she looks out at the sky. So it was like an image I wrote just for the story to kind of tie it all together. So when looking at your own novels, to find sections that you can make in excerpts, think about where is there conflict in a small space of time? You, know, you think novels are, you know, you say uh, you know, a story is about a change in a moment of time, a small space, and novels about a community, you know, how it changes or you know, something in that a larger context. So within the story, where is it where is it clear conflict in a small space of time? Does it have a central incident you can structure your story around, or can you create one or find it in another place in the novel? How do you find any octopus elements in your story without stealing the momentum? Is there information you need to deepen the present time action? Avoid, I would say these are ones to avoid when you're trying to find an excerpt. Sections with lots of exposition, because it's not about action, it's about, you know, it's kind of static. Only backstory that will explain current time action. And shifting points of view, I think, are hard to really combine successfully in a story. Though people do, but um, I would say at least to start, avoid a lot of points of view. Then think about, is there a place where you started the novel? I actually started my novel with this material in the middle. Um, so then, you know, look at, look at what's most interesting to you. And then, then I think I returned to my novel with um. Oops. <laughs> so I returned to my novel with a greater sense of how to edit it. Um, one thing I learned is compression, um, because I think when you write a first draft of a book, it's often easy to just throw things down and not know which is the right way to express something. Um, I had three separate scenes in which Shelley, the younger character, and Lena, the mentally challenged character, stole things. I just really liked them stealing things. And I really just needed one, right? And so I had to figure out which was the best one. So, you know, part of it is just allowing yourself to throw out all these ones that you want to try, and then you find the best, and you use that one. Um, let's see. And I think also creating a story, it requires flexibility. Seeing the two works as separate works, using a story to help you focus, learn how to edit, you know, learn what you need and, and what to let go of, um, and also to send it out. Because I think part of writing a novel is, is running a marathon. It took me seven years to write this book. And that's hard. You know, we're in a culture that's very, you know, get things done, get them out, why aren't you done with your novel yet? And that's very pressured and very hard. One thing that can kind of give you a little something to hold on to or a little light is having a little piece you can send out. You know, so I think that's, um, that's helpful, you know, in the terms of a, like a mental health, you know, issue. Um, let's see. And then I, I had a couple other sections in the book that I shaped into excerpts. Um, 
and that helped too. This doesn't always work. Science and novel is not acceptable. My current <coughs> book, I've been trying to find an excerpt. I just finished it, and it's been hard because it, it, each section seems a little more integrated into a whole. So it may not always work, but if you can, I think it could be helpful. Um, let me just see any other little points, and I'll open up to questions. Um, I think that's it. So anyway, questions about stories, novels, the process. <laughs> yeah? You had mentioned uh, several things, like where there's a clear conflict in a small space of time. Can yeah. you run through that list? Again? Oh, all the different things? Yeah. Is there a critical incident? What came after that? Sure. Um, okay, so, so when you try to find extra, I think these are the, the helpful things. What is a clear conflict in a small space of time? Does it have a central incident you can structure a story around, or can you create one or find it in another place in the book? How do you find any octopus elements of the story without slowing the momentum? You know, I think, you know, just you really don't need very much to, to sort of add dimensions to a story. You know, a little scene, of a few lines um, that will expand it. So what are some small things you can add? Um, is there information you need to deepen the present time action? You know, learning about Bob's history in this story was really helpful to the present time action because we learned a little bit more about him and his vulnerability when we found out that he really had no home. Um, avoid sections with lots of exposition because they're, they're a little bit harder to, to transform. Um, use only backstory that will explain current time action. You know, don't get off on a long backstory tangent. Though you may need that in a in a in a longer novel, but you you don't need it in the story. Avoid shifting points of view. Is my thought if you're starting out. I mean, I think people do it. I mean, Alice Munro does it all the time. You know, beautifully. I think when you're starting, it's a little easier to focus on one point. You know, one point of view is hard enough <laughs> to actually take from one point to another. So I would say start with one, unless you really feel free and you know how to do the other. Then think about, is there a place where you started the novel? Because um, that's where you can maybe find the most emotional energy. That's, what, that's why you got interested in it. So, you know, thinking about, you know, that could be a place where you can find an excerpt. Yeah? Um, you mentioned about avoiding, like, backstory. I guess the question is, like, is there a specific process to figure out what, how much backstory uh -huh. Obviously, in the yeah. novel, you have all the yes. stuff that totally. you're giving to people all along the way. Yeah. In the short story, you're thinking, well, what, how much do they actually need to know right. to, to at least enjoy reading? Right. So how much do you need in a novel? In a, in a short story. In a short story? How do you determine what you, yeah. you get rid of? Yeah, I mean, I think with a short story, you really want to look at momentum, um, because it is short. Um, you want just enough, I think, that relates to the current situation at hand. I think in a novel, it's a little bit looser. You know, you can have backstory that relates maybe in a little bit of a larger sense. Um, we were just reading in our class, Are These Actual Miles by Raymond Carver, where he um, just has a paragraph. It's a, I don't know if anyone's read this story. I would run out and read it if, if you haven't. Um, it's about a couple that has to sell a, a car over the weekend because um, they're about to go bankrupt. And the wife goes out to sell the car and then actually seems to have an affair with the car. The person she sells the car to, there's debate, does she really? And then there's a little paragraph right at the beginning 
or like halfway through the second page where um, Carver has a, uh, a memory of a guy across the street who saw him bring a woman home like before. So it, it plants a seed of his own um, infidelity in the situation. So it's just a paragraph, you know, but it gives the reader enough to kind of look at the situation a different way. So I really think in, in a story, one thing to think about is a reader gets it the first time. That, that actually the process of reading is, is just absorbing information. You're just learning more information you need to answer the main question of the story. So just thinking the reader will get it once. And, and that's the hard part is figuring out what is the best way to say it. You know, what's the best way to give us the information? So other hands. Yeah, Stephanie. Yeah. Realizing, like, I don't even know where to start revising. Yeah. And maybe using it as a way to sort of clarifying principles to kind of identify. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit to after having written the short story? Yeah. How did it actually guide you in Help, your Yeah. I think what helped is in my novel, I because I thought it was a novel with a capital N, I really felt like I would go off on these tangents of like exposition about materialism in America, you know, and, and like various other like abstract issues. And a book is about the concrete, there's this thing in this fun, this is a great book, Mystery and Manners, I just started reading. Um, I think Robert taught one of the essays, I'm gonna teach an essay too. It really has really interesting things to say about, about writing and she has, um, just read this in the class. Um, theme. Okay, she says, when you can state the theme of a story, when you can separate it from the story itself, then you can be sure the story is not a very good one. The meaning of a story has to be embodied in it, has to be made concrete in it. A story is a way to say something that can't be said any other way, and it takes every word in the story to say what the meaning is. You tell a story because a statement would be inadequate. When anybody asks what a story is about, the only proper thing to, is to tell them to read the story. <laughs> the meaning of fiction is not abstract meaning, but experienced meaning. This is the key, experienced meaning. It's so beautiful. And that's what I feel like I learned from rewriting the story, writing the story, because it was about, because it was so small, I didn't have room to go off on you know, tangents where I was philosophical or all these other things, which are, can be great in books, you know, but that, to really trust the idea of experienced meaning. That makes sense. So, I edit, so a lot of it was compression and cutting. I think that's what I, what I learned from the story is, how little you need to tell your, make your point, and then um, you know how to trust the drama, the dramatization. I saw it. Yeah. Like is this whole separate thing? Yeah. I haven't, but that would be a great idea. And I think um, you know a lot of writing too is writing around the book or writing outside of the book. You know, if you're really stuck in terms of a character, just take a day or a few days to just write about a character's history or write about what a character was like, you know, at their prom. You know, or write about what was you know something that frightened the character when they're eight. You know, something that you know characters are not you know frozen in time. They have a whole life beyond, you know, outside of them that may not relate to your book, actually, but can inform it 
in some sort of intuitive way. So I think to feel free to, to write outside of it is a good idea. Yeah. When you say to write in like one person's point of view, yeah. does that mean that person has to be every single scene? Of the story? In this, oh, that's a great question. I don't know if they would have to be in every scene, but I guess it depends if it's a close third or a distant third. You know, a close third is you're in the character's head, you have access to the character's thoughts. This is a close third. Um, you know, but a really distant third is like Hell's White, like White Elephants. You know, and you're just seeing the action, the dialogue. You don't enter anyone's thoughts. You're just kind of observing it. Um, hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess I would say probably yes. Maybe that. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to give any rules about what it should be because then, of course, they're breakable. Um, it shapes your story. I would say if you can anchor it in one perspective and take that from one point to the end, that's very helpful as a writer, especially when you're starting out because it's so hard. <laughs> you know, but you can then switch it. You know, if you want to just play with it and say, you know, I'm just ignore what you said and just like, you know, do a different point of view. Do it, you know, because that can really open it up, too. I mean, Alice Monroe is just, you have to read her for that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is the great thing about third. You know, you can have the comment on the world. You know, the the, the sorry, the main narrator, and then you can have you can go into the character's thoughts. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to say don't shift points of view. You know, but I, I feel like just for myself, it was it was such a challenge to even stay in one point of view and create a plot. Well, a Russian <laughs> it was hard. novel, that's very right. Oh yeah, classic yeah. Russian novel. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, but. I mean, you know, actually, my novel was two points of view. My current one is two points of view. You know, more than one. And I think it's something to go toward. You know, it's something to absolutely do. You know, I just think when you're when you're in the middle of the horror of a novel and you're not sure how to even start to simplify to make it as simple as possible for yourself, I find was I found helpful um, because every sense is is so complicated. You know. Other questions? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. Well, what is the end of anything? I mean, I feel like my thought on the end of any sort of good story, if you look at ends, it should be balanced in this incredible way between kind of hope and despair, you know, which is kind of like life, you know, that, that you have, you know, a, an opening for the characters, you know, to, to kind of go forward in a positive way, and also dealing with reality, which can be really hard. And, you know, the characters in, in this end, um, um, you know, that, that Ella's 
daughter's life at this point, which is a sad feeling, you know, for her. Um, though she also, you know, I think she, she's very ambivalent on her daughter and her freedom. Um, so then she actually is by, you know, she's with Lou, but then she is kind of ending with an image that lets, that actually allows, I think, the reader to kind of also bring their own thoughts to it, you know, that you want to leave it open enough so that you don't wrap things up in a neat way. I think that's the challenge of any end, story or novel. Um, that you, you want to, and I think as where images are really a great place, you know, to end because a reader can participate with an image, you know, and, and you know, bring their own feelings into it, you know. She saw her daughter leaning naked on the ledge, her hair streaming over her bare shoulders, gazing at the bright casino lights in their strange, insistent attempts to illuminate the sky. I guess I'm trying to really let the reader interpret if that's hopeful or if it's not, you know, that, it's, that you want an image that's hopeful enough, you know, or, or open enough for the reader to, to put their own feelings or thoughts into it, but concrete enough so that you're guiding them. If that makes sense. Yeah? I, just want to, I think the ending of your story is really beautiful. Oh, thanks. Right. For me, that was the satisfaction. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. I got something beautiful out of this thing. Right. Oh, good. Thanks. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's where like you have her thoughts. I mean, it's interesting. You know, you you use all your tools as a writer. Use internal thought, right? So that was the that was sort of where the story was going. You know, it starts out with Ella very controlling over her daughter, and then right, it ends with her forgetting, and the idea is going to an image that then can play off that feeling. But she doesn't forget. Right, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the early stages of composing a novel, and I find that I've got several plots going. Yeah. And several strong characters. And I'm wondering what your process is for dis- determining when you're in a situation. Yeah. Yet, whose story is this? Right, who, great question. Oh, great question, yeah. The, uh, most of the action scene. Okay, I mean... A lot of writing, for me, has been trying to simplify, because I know that feeling that you just have every, you want to just contain the world as a writer. You want to write every, you know, capture it all. And I think the way to do that is actually reducing it and then expanding it. So in a way, thinking about what is the most interesting character to you now? You know, emotionally, which character do you engage with the most easily, maybe? It, you know, it's going to be a character that's like you, or, you know, but just what is the one who seems most interesting to you? And I think you start with that character. Um, if you have other characters, you can wind them in, um, and they may actually surprise you and, became, and become more interesting um, to you as you write them. I mean, I have a, my current novel has um, a, a main character who's a woman, and, her, um, and she's sort of dealing with this dysfunctional synagogue in the South. And you know, I wrote sort of the first draft, all her point of view, and then. She was married to someone who was not interested, in, in, and they were having conflicts. And uh, my readers were like, well, what about his point of view? And so I had to sort of go through and develop him, and I think he actually became more interesting to me than the main character. You know, So I think start with someone that you think is interesting, and then leave yourself open to discovering who the other characters are and how they can you know, tap into your interests. Um, but I would say, you know, it's such a process of juggling, you know, especially if you have more than one plot line. You know, start with 
a main question. You know, think about what is the question you want to answer in this book. You know, you think about books and they can be reduced to small questions, and then there's all this complicated stuff around the small questions. So the more you can kind of figure that out early on, I think the you know it's not an efficient process writing a book. It's really inefficient. But you know how you can kind of find the question early on will help you form it. I think. You know, sentences in any language helps. I don't think you have to no more, you know, but I think everything is helpful. Um, I haven't heard, of, who's the writer? Pardon? Who's the writer of the book? I think his name is Kurt Sama. Uh huh. He won one prize a few years ago. He, he's up for another uh -huh. book. Good. Perfectly. Uh huh. Oh, good. Yeah, I don't think there's a rule on that, but I think, um, you know, Whatever helps. I just read it. It's probably newly published because I just finished it. The library is one of these fourteen-day books, mm -hmm. so I, I think it's newly published. Uh huh. Okay. Oh. No, my question is: It's good to be conversant with a few languages, and when you write, mm -hmm. then you can access different things. I think it's just individual for every person. You know, I think. You know. It, it's good to be conversant in all different things, you know, languages, you know, different art forms, you know, whatever you can do, you know, sports. I mean, just anything you can do to sort of tap into all your different richness as a person is important, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Could you envision a circumstance where you've got 600 pages of Yeah. Now, maybe that doesn't happen. No, it's, first yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and you go to look for a short story and it becomes, you find the story. Yes. So what do you do then? Well, I'm <laughs> oh, does it happen? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I think this is yes. I think one thing to do as a writer is is flexibility, and this is a thing that is really hard to learn because it's about patience, and patience is your great is just your great value as a writer and just in this culture because it's such a you know rush 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 culture um, you know when I was able to kind of figure out that I needed to focus on other characters in the current book it just you know I remember I actually read Intuition by Allegra Goodman I saw her look at different points of view and I just my heart kind of sank because I knew I'm going to have to try that <laughs> because you know she was it was so interesting and it really enriched her book and so I felt that if I could do that with the book it would enrich it um, I think the more open you can be to your, your book being whatever it's going to be, the more helpful it is. And, and that's where I talk about, you know, with my students, like, 
create a writing schedule for yourself, you know, write an hour a day, a page a day, whatever you, you need to do, because it, it really is all about volume. And, you know, feeling at ease sitting in front of the computer. You know, it's always hard to sit in front of the computer, but the, the more it feels part of you, and the more you feel, you know, you can throw out, the easier it is. Because throwing out is such a huge part of it. Um, and we were just talking in class about save as. You know, I remember I, when I first started, you know, I was on a manual typewriter and you had to retype a whole story. It was really a pain, you know. But now you can just say save as. You can, you can make a mess. And I, I feel like that's what you need to do. And if it's going to be another character story, you know, that's sometimes where the energy is. And sometimes you start with the character and, um, you know, they actually can get boring, you know, though, though that actually can be part of it too, that a character is boring and then you find something interesting about them and then they're interesting again. Um, it's really a commitment, you know, to, to the book. And um, that's the joy of it too. Yeah? Oh, interesting. Why, how do, it, that's said it, yeah. I mean, that's setting, you know, that, that um, it was in, I mean, this actually, that part of it evolved, you know, where you go sort of how does fact, how do fact and fiction interact? It actually was true that I, I had an aunt who was similar to Lena, and she did marry a man sort of similar to Bob, and it was actually in Las Vegas. <laughs> so that's kind of was where the story started. I mean, the parts I made up were, they actually, apparently, they did sleep in separate rooms which I didn't know. You know, but it's like you kind of invent things based on things you kind of sense about your family or, you know, you know, things that you kind of feel in there. So, um, but Las Vegas was just, it felt very rich to me as a setting. I'd been there and I really liked, you know, just a place that's, that's really stimulating to you as a person. You just feel like you, you love it. You really want to incorporate it, you know, into your work. You know, just use those. Um, Yeah. Oh, that theory about it. Um, right. Yeah. I was. things on his website about the difference. Um, and then Flannery O'Connor, too, um, this, this book is just full of a lot of interesting things. She says, a story is a complete dramatic action, and in good stories, the characters are shown through the action, and the action is controlled through the characters, and the result of this is meaning that derives from the whole presented experience. I myself prefer to say that a story is a dramatic event that involves a person because he is a person, and a particular person. That is, because he shares in the general human condition and in some specific human situation. A story always involves, in a dramatic way, the mystery of personality. I lent some stories to a country lady who lives down the road from me. When she returned them, she said, well, the story's just gone and shown you how some folks would do. <laughs> and I thought to myself, that was right. When you write stories, you have to be content to start exactly there. 
showing how some specific folks will do, will do in spite of everything. And this is where I think she's great. And, you know, like you look at stories and how they're about struggle, you know, and they're not about life being wrapped up neatly, you know, and they're about how people cope with confusing things and just make a mess, you know. And I think great stories are about that and, and that they will, this is what people will do in spite of everything. So that's one thing to think about as you, as you do your work. Uh, I mean, in terms of an expert, excerpt, I mean, I think exposition can be fine, you know, as part of a, any, you know, a work. Um, you know, we're taught uh, show, don't tell, and I actually think it should be more of a combination of showing and telling. I think it, it's easy when you start going into a story, you know, as a fiction writer to just tell, because I think a lot of analytic writing is kind of about telling. But, so that's why you say show, show, you know. Um, I think in a longer book, you will need to tell at some point. You know, you need to give some, you know, I mean, some books are just all seen, but there's nothing wrong with having exposition. Um, I think you want it, though, to make sure you don't slow the momentum. You know, how does it answer the main question of the story? And this is where, you know, I had the 600-page mess, you know, a lot of these tangents, and I like these trying to be like pinching and like do these little, you know, and, you know, all these things that were like, not helpful. They were just me kind of riffing because I didn't know it was going to happen. You know? So I think you know, not knowing what's going to happen is just part of it, but to trust experience meaning, you know, action. Because that's what fiction does that nothing else does, you know, that, that it's your experience, you're with the character. You know, I love what she says about you can't say what a story is, just say read the story, because you're in the experience, you're in the dream. You know, like John Gardner calls it the vivid, continuous dream of the story. You know, how do you experience that dream, that, that person's life? You know, you're in it. You're experiencing the motions of it. Um, you're repli you know, the, the hard thing is replicating the actual experience. It allows the reader to experience it with you. Interesting. Um, yeah, you know, I, it's a good. That would have been interesting to, to do. I, I didn't. Um, but right. I mean, that's a door the story could have gone in. You know, what hap What could have happened to him? He's really in the story as sort of the the force that takes Lena away from her mother. That's kind of his role in the story. Um, but it's true. You know, characters have their their lives, and you know, they can enlarge or kind of you know, depending on how you want to shape the plot. Thank you guys. <laughs>